Charwa fighting him. BGs, he's staying alive. If anything, he's just get the pitch count up there for sight. And another one! This one drawing a little garner, a little respect from the crowd. Welcome back to another episode of the HRL Touch Em All podcast. I'm your host, Stash, joined by Sanchez, my other host. How's it going? Good, good. Casey, how are you doing? I'm doing good, uh, other than the fact that I have no more wiffle ball to play this year other than Wifftoberfest. So, my uh, apologies for that. <laughs> that's all right. I enjoyed this season. So, um, going to Pusa was... I also just called you by your given name, too. That's going <laughs> to throw people right. off. Yes, Stash, his yeah. name is Casey for the uh, 14 of you that are too old to know him directly. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Wiffapalooza was on my bucket list, so it, it was a fun time. It was a fun day. Um, and also joining us today is Rocket, an OG. How's it going, Rocket? Pretty good, Casey. How you been, bro? I'm doing good. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Question of the week. Should Palooza switch between the two cities? I go first. <laughs> you go first. Oh, Someone go first. I'll go, go first. Go for it. Take a rock. I, I personally think that wouldn't be a bad idea. Just a change of venue, switch it up, you know, maybe every other year. Um, I know one year we did it at Valley and I think it was, um, Central. I think it was that we used. I can't quite remember, but I think it was one of the two fields. You would go back and forth, but then people were saying, you know, you lose that vibe of everybody being together. So that's when we brought it back to, uh, you know, Egan. But using, you know, Carnelian and all that, like I thought it was fine using Carnelian, uh, you know, part of part of uh, Palooza this year. But at the end of the day, you know, I can see why people had said, you know, they kind of liked it or they didn't because you still miss that vibe of everybody being there all together. Um, at the end of the day, though, I wouldn't mind if we could work something out like at Valley where we could use that extra field or extra, say, you know, land behind the rink and make the makeshift field there where I think it's way bigger than what Pilot Knob used to be. So I, 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 I personally, I wouldn't mind it if they did it at least, you know, we could alternate every other year. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Um selfishly i like that it's in egan for the times that i've been in it just because it's easy for me to scoot down the road and get there but if you're thinking about it the the higher level for the league i guess i would say it doesn't really matter where we have it to me if we can get all the teams together at the same spot in more like a centralized location versus having to split up the uh the first few games in two different fields or two different sections so maybe that even opens the door for something bigger down the line. Maybe this is an opportunity to find some alternative um, rinks somewhere in the city or in the surrounding communities um, and try to build or find something bigger, like the next step for the league. But uh, Valley does seem to be a pretty natural spot. I know Central just doesn't make sense to me because there's so much going around there and you got the softball fields and where would we actually set up temporary fields? So Valley has the space. It has the rinks. Um, it's kind of secluded off and away from places. The only thing it doesn't really have is a great parking setup. So maybe that would be an issue we'd run into. But I guess we run into that with Sky Hill too when we get that many people there. Yep, and I completely agree with you guys is that um, I think doing it between the two cities would be ideal. Um the only issue is making sure that all four fields are at the same location because having that atmosphere there is unreal. One of the best that you can be a part of, especially in the HRL. So, I mean, Valley is a good option. Um, the other one would be Harley if we continue to use Harley, but the only issue there is also parking and then also you're right next to the school or community center or whatever that is. So um, <clears throat> I don't think the surrounding people would quite enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it should be considered every single year to see if we can go between the two cities 
um, if it's plausible. Yeah, and even maybe field setups for when we do these, that could be something that we get a little more creative with versus just setting up two standalone temporary fields. Um, maybe we could, I don't know. I, I've spitballed some ideas before where we actually use, we set up fields on the outside of the rinks as well. So like you would be hitting balls into the rink. It'd be kind of chaos in that respect if home runs came into the rinks that we're playing as well, but you would have some permanent fencing there and it would keep everything a little more compact. So you wouldn't be, you know, feeling like you're about a half a mile away from the action. If you right. got it onto field four. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. And, and you know what? And I do like that idea. Like, you know, like say we use Valley, right? We use the main two fields, but that's not a bad idea because like, you know, Nick, you're saying, you could use the backboard of that as now for the other two fields and it's more compact and who knows, maybe then if we do that, it's already, it's kind of like quote unquote, a two half make field, makeshift fields. But at the end of the day, we maybe could even add by compacting it that way, two extra fields that are truly makeshift. And maybe we could even get Palooza moving even faster that way as well. Right. The only issue with Valley there is that you have the field goal posts, so you couldn't do that for one of the fields for sure. Yeah. That's Air true. That's out. true. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes rugby in this country anyway. Actually, a ton of people do. <laughs> I've known plenty of rugby players yeah. that would hate me for that comment. All right. Let's get to know Rocket a little bit. Uh, yes. Rocket, tell us how you got into the league and then also how you got your nickname. All right, so how I got into the league, and I will tell people this, and I don't know how to, how they'll take it, but it's okay to be late for work. Trust me. Um, I was working at a go-kart place uh, called uh, Pro Kart Indoors out in Burnsville, and I was uh, a manager there, and I was supposed to open up for a party, well... My power went out at the house we were at because we had like a storm the night before. So the power went out. So my alarm, all that wasn't working. I wake up. At this point, I'm living in Oakdale, Minnesota to drive to Burnsville. It's about, a, with no traffic, it's about 35 minutes. So I'm already late. I had to call the mechanic. He, let, he lets the people in. He starts running what we had to do. But because of that, driving on the way to work, I'm listening to K-Fan and just so happens to be, and a lot of the old heads would get this show, the PA and Dubay show, they had truck come on. And they would say, you know, here's a guy from the East Coast, Massachusetts area, wanting to start a wiffle ball league. And listen to that segment. As I'm driving, I memorized the number to contact him. So what I did was I ended up calling my brother He's the one that actually got in contact with truck, got the information, and then I got a hold of truck. So pretty much, and, you know, from there on, you know, I got a hold of truck, got into the league, but pretty much if I wasn't late or if that storm never happened, I would not be in the league. I would have ne probably never even heard of this. So well, because just, I was... God's work there, Sean. Yeah, because <laughs> I was... Because of that storm, I was late to work because of that, I was able to hear the, that segment on the radio with Truck, and that's how I got into the league. And uh, just for clarity's sake, when you say your brother, because you call a lot of us in the league, bro, uh, you do <laughs> mean Torpedo, right? Yes, I do mean Torpedo. My legitimate brother, yes, Torpedo, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, one other thing I take away from that story is uh, I work at Collins Aerospace, which is directly across from that pro cart. And uh -huh. there's, there are never more than two cars there at a time. So we, as workers there, we are very convinced that that's just like a meth lab in a front. <laughs> no, at the time, it, well, at the time, I was it was, say, it was, can you confirm or deny this? I could deny that at the time. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's, what it is now, but from what I heard, they moved out of that area and they went to like the Burnsville mall for the time but, being. So... It still says pro cart, but driving around the Burnsville Mall sounds a lot more exciting. I hope yeah. they actually let you like whip past the uh, the stores and everything. 
<laughs> that would be fun. That would be a fun track right there. So, um, and then how I got my nickname um, back home, which is Brooklyn, New York. Um, when I was in high school, um, I ran track, played football, and pretty much I had the, uh, I would run a 40 with, without pads. I ran it in a 439. With pads, I ran it in a 442. So pretty much um, I started getting the nickname from Rahib, the Rocket Ismail, who used to play for Notre Dame. So that's where I ended up getting the nickname. It's funny because people think I got it from, I wear the number 22, and it was when Roger Clemens played for the Yankees, and he went, no. It wasn't even that. You know, Roger Clemens was, you know, to me, he's still a Red Sox, even though he played for the New York Yankees, but that's how I got my nickname. It was actually from Rocket Ismail, who played for Notre Dame, and um, a bunch of uh, guys from my neighborhood, my high school gave me that nickname, and it just stuck. It stuck with me through all through uh, high school, college, um, even like I said to this day. To this day, my mom calls me that. So I mean, it's it's been with me for pretty much my whole life. All right, chalk it up for another nickname that needs to be made, put on the list, so that you can get an actual nickname through the league. Man, you're so bitter, <laughs> so bitter. Uh, hey, if I gotta get a new nickname, Rocket does too. You have to get a new nickname. Yeah, uh, it was that whole Twitter thing. I can okay again the rubber ducks in a Twitter feud. Shocker, right? Nothing good is coming out of Twitter these days. <laughs> I, <can tell> <laughs> I will agree with that. I do agree with that. So hey, I I provided some good content this year. Let's be real. Yeah, you have. All right, so let, let's let's move on to Palooza. Um, let's not touch too much on it because that could be a whole podcast in itself. Uh, we don't have the time, and this is not the Palooza. This is uh, playoff predictions. Uh, what kind of like the matchups we have going on? So uh, in Palooza, we had the final four of Americans, Rumble Ponies, and then also Mets and Blue Wahoos. Uh, Mets beat the Blue Wahoos to move on and win their side of the bracket, while the Rumble Ponies and Americans went into two games. The Rumble Ponies beat them in game one, so they had a double dip. Uh, They weren't able to do that, so the Americans come out from the bottom. Uh, With that being said, two Hopkins teams did come out, and because of this, the Mets are actually going over to Egan this year to face the Baby Cakes while the Americans are staying in Hopkins and facing the Aces. Um, any thoughts on what happened? Go ahead, Sanchez. Well, I wasn't there. Um, it was very busy, but I was trying to keep track on online on the aforementioned Twitter. Uh, it, it looked like the... Um, the Wahoos made a really good run. I thought that they might make some noise there at the end. Um, you know, just congratulations to the Americans and the Mets. The Mets aren't a huge surprise. I think most of us expected it. Maybe we're holding our breath and crossing our fingers that there'd be some sort of upset just because that is fun. Uh, but it's good to see the Americans come out on top again. Rocket, what did yeah. you see? What kind of takeaways did you get in the field there? Well, first, first off, I want to give a shout-out to the Wahoos. That team is going to be a team to reckon with in the future. And to my boys, the Rumble Ponies, three-man squad, were there all day. They fought to the bitter end, so those were my shout-outs for those two squads. But what I saw, I mean, I expected the Mets to come out of it. You know, they were, the, if anything, one of the two or the one team that was a clear favorite to come out. The other team was, who would it be? Um, we did have some, some surprising teams upset other teams to make it interesting. Um, also, the Marlins. I mean, Yak no hit the Millers in that sense. And the Marlins basically were one win away from going into that championship round. So you got to give them credit. But uh, at the end of the yeah. day, you know, I got I, I got to say congrats to the Americans and the Mets for making it out. That's a good point. The Marlins, yeah, we shouldn't look past them and what they did with the day because wasn't that one of the first big upsets of the day? Yeah, I'm losing track. Well, where they I mean, were. if you want to call it, it big, a, but I mean, well, the 12 seed going over the five seed, right? Right. In order yeah. to knock the was it the Rough Riders out to the losing yep. bracket right yep. away? Yep. That's yeah. pretty good. Right. And then you know, taking down the Twins, 
going uh taking on the millers so it's like yeah they they put some they sent some teams home too so yeah good on exactly. you guys and they had a kind of a skeleton crew they only had four man four men there so uh not their normal i guess they didn't shipwreck wasn't there so uh good for them yeah and i think with the, with the marlins they just ran out of steam and and pitching at the end because i mean schnugans was pitching that final game against the Wahoos, and he gave it his all, but I just think it's fatigue and just overall just that's that's a gauntlet. You know what I mean? You lose one game early in Palooza, good luck. Right. All right, so the matchups that we have uh, set up so far is over in Hopkins, we have the Aces versus the Americans. Grasshoppers versus the Chihuahuas. And then over in Egan, we have Baby Cakes versus Mets. And then Braves versus Vibes. Uh, let's start over in Hopkins. Uh, let's start with the Aces and Americans. Uh, give me your keys to success for each team. And then uh, your predictions for the series outcome. You're going to have to you put a flag it. on which one of us you want to go first. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I can start if you really want me to. I okay, can definitely Yeah, start. you go first. Go ahead. All right, yeah. all right. So with the Americans coming out of Palooza, obviously their key to success is to make sure they're not sore. Um, I think we're all there. Um, it, it's how well can the Americans pitching staff keep this lineup in check um, because the Americans have been struggling hitting all year. Um I think they, the way that they need to win this game is by having a low-scoring affair. Um, anything that I, I say, if they give up four or more, they're in trouble. Um, the other thing is, is that I've heard that Lulu isn't feeling 100%, so somebody else might have to step up for the Americans. Um, Who pitched their last game with Palooza? Because that does that carries over. The rotation is supposed yep, to carry over. Yep, Lulu pitched the last one. So either Thunderson or Nudie Booty, but I would expect uh, Thunderson to start game one. Yeah, I guess that would be the one that I would tap as well. Yep, and then for and my based keys. off their innings pitch too. So. Right, and then uh, for the keys to success, keys to success for the Aces is just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you lost two games all year. I mean, that is verbatim what I was about to say. Yeah, it forced me to go through it too. It's like, yeah, I don't think there's much you need to add towards the the aces. It's they went into it being able to set up the rotation. Um, they've they've got the lineup. They've got their. I mean, I, I'm gonna say it. They've got their super team. Of what they wanted to do to make this happen. And if they don't win the championship, I'm going to call it a, a, a bust a, a bust for them. Like, this is the championship or bust team. So there it is, guys. I, no pressure. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll add to the keys to success also. Uh, the pressure's on you. Don't let the pressure get to you. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, and, and yeah. Casey, you hit it all on the head. I mean, I was going to say the same thing verbatim. It was like Americans, they got to keep it low-scoring game. If if they give up four four plus runs, I think it's game over. Um, and pretty much for the aces, I mean, you lose two games all year. I mean, just look at the stats. That stat speaks for themselves. I mean, just just do what you got to do. I mean, they've been doing it all year. Unless some catastrophe happens, um, that's the only way they're gonna lose. But I agree with Sanchez. If they don't win the World Series this year, it's it's a big bust. Yeah. All right. Have, the Americans would have to double the Aces' loss total for the entire season to win the series. Yep. So yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and, and in the regular season, they did take them to extras, so they they do have the capability of beating the Aces. So uh, I wouldn't put a pass them to win a game here. But and, with and that, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, go ahead. And I won't lie. Like I mean, if somehow the Americans could, if they the key to that to that series is. Game one. If the Americans could take somehow that first game, you never know. If if it goes to a game three, you never know what could happen. Right, right. Uh, but my prediction is I got the Aces 2-0. Same here. 2-0 Aces. Uh, I'm going to go, I mean, the smart money is 2-0. But uh, just for fun's sake here, I'm going to go 2-1 Aces. Americans are going to get one of them. 
at least uh, maybe they'll they'll sh- maybe they'll show us all the rest of us the chink in the aces armor here. But uh, yeah, two one aces. As long as it's not one of those biscuit things again, or biscuit games where it went what twenty one innings. Oh, oh man. Uh, yeah, no, those aren't fun. I I've never played in one, but uh, I had I sat through the game seven uh, Red Sox Reds um, championship game that went seventeen innings one year, and and that was just hard to watch at some point too. So okay, I'm 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 gonna get really off track here, but I I just watched that video the other day. Oh God. And I want to okay. say, in terms of home runs hitting the World Series, I feel like Spoon's home run doesn't get as much credit as some other people's. And I don't know why. I don't remember it, if that helps. Uh, but I don't remember a lot of things. Well, didn't um, he hit the game winner? <laughs> he could have, probably. Exactly. That's what. That's my point. Is like People <laughs> forgot about it. It was the game winner, game seven, in the 17th inning. I and it just doesn't just get talked about. For the, hoping for it to be done. I was tired <laughs> at that point. Because wasn't I doing the, the commentary on it? I, I don't know. I, it was just the <sighs> YouTube video. So they didn't have any oh, of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they at one point like had all the footage or video. And Shirls did the first game or game six. And I think I did game seven with Steve one. And it went forever. Okay. Well, I'm going to put this down as a podcast idea in the offseason. Games, series and games to break down. Yes. Or, or okay. what's your rank your uh, top home runs hit in the World Series? Something like that. that that'd be interesting because they was like, hey, I'm old. I don't remember much these days anyway. So, but like, I just remember that, like, like it went down. I, was, I thought it was 16 innings. Sanchez, you said 17. I mean, you were there. I, I wasn't, but like, but we the only thing I remember. I remember, I don't know if I, if I remember the video right, but like after the home run was hit, it was like not much celebration because I think everybody was just tired and happy it was over. Or if, I don't know if I was remembering the right game, but it just seemed like it was an eternity. For all those series of the Reds, Red Sox, the home run I still remember most is Martini drilling yes. one like over on pilot knob and it went almost over that big tree on field one i remember that that was a bomb but enough about reminiscing let's move on to what's currently <laughs> happening um over on the other field so the, these games are playing at uh, central aces and americans are over on central field two while grasshoppers and chihuahuas are on field one um, uh, can I just, for clarity here, the top seed gets to their first choice of field, correct? Correct. And so they pick central? Yes. All right. Let's Trust check. me, I've already talked with some of these people, and I gave them my two cents. So uh, I wouldn't go watch it. I'm just saying that. <laughs> if I wasn't playing, it's not the one I'd go watch. I don't like central. I'm done with yep. it. Yeah. So who wants to kick us off here? I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I mean, grasshoppers, not going to lie, fact, top to bottom, hitting-wise, they all can hit. The key to them is the pitching aspect. I mean, I know Grizz has been great all year. If you could keep it going, I think the grasshoppers take the series. But I think they take it two games to one. The Chihuahuas, though, that's a scrappy team. They're tough. They all can hit. They got pitching. So it, it's going to come down to, like, you know, does the Chihuahuas pitching quite the grasshopper bats? Because, like, you know, Casey, you're, you're playing Hopkins. You've seen what the grasshoppers could do offensively. I mean, they're just a, another team to be reckoned with. So I think if, similar to the, uh, the Americans' Aces, you know, series, if the Chihuahuas could keep it a low-scoring game and Air Bud just you know just keeps him in the game i mean he, he could shut them down too but i think uh the grasshoppers take this series two games to one yeah and i uh i, I agree with you to some extent i don't think that it needs to be a low scoring game for the chihuahuas to win uh they do have the offense that can keep up as long as Airbud or their second pitcher can keep the bats in check for them so um i i, I don't think 
they need to get into a shootout, but I don't think that it needs to be a 2-1 game, 3-2 game. I, I think they could still pull it out if it's a reasonable uh, matchup. Uh, my keys to success for the Grasshoppers is Grizz, the number two pitcher. Um, you need to make sure that you come in playoff form because if you're not there as a pitcher, you're going to get hit around. And Grizz's ERA is a little higher. Um, not sure if that's because they do do a lot of ball games or I, I don't think they do because I don't think they like them. But um, I think they just need to make sure that their number two pitcher is ready. Uh, to go and for the Chihuahuas, um, how well does your ace pitcher go up against their ace pitcher? Because if you're going to game three, you're going up up against Nightmare again. So Bihad needs to be on um, for them to have a shot in this series. So what's your pick? That was just my keys. We haven't okay. gotten to. Okay. Oh, I thought Rocket already gave his picks. My keys to this, uh, um, I, you know I've been on the Chihuahuas bandwagon all year. Uh, this is maybe the stop I get off on. Uh, my keys for the Chihuahuas, they better hope the pitching's a little wild and that those walks are pouring in because these boys love to walk. And if Nightmare's not walking anybody that night, I think they're in trouble. So Chihuahua's going to have to grind out at bats make them pick a lot of pitches, hustle every play, and just make some good opportunities. And then if Airbud, Nickname, any of those guys come up big a few times, uh, that's how they're going to get their runs. Grasshoppers, it's almost like an aces situation to me. Just keep doing what you were doing. I guess I'm a little less concerned about their secondary pitching than you guys. Nightmare, yeah, we had him on. His stats, they speak for themselves. He's 15-1 and one this year. He's their ace. He's side-wiffle contention. Um, Chris, I think he can do it. I think he can step up to the task. The ERA is a little wonky there, like you said, but I I don't think that's going to be a big deal come playoffs. I mean, it resets. So I also think smallpox, if he has to, he might step in out of the bullpen. So I think grasshoppers just keep doing it. Chihuahuas, you're going to have to get gritty and grind this one out. Yep. Completely, completely agree. Um, did Rocket? You said who you have and the series I, outcome. Yep, yeah, I, I, I said grasshoppers two games to one here. Okay. An- another point I want to make too is that, you know, the Chihuahuas were there last year coming out of Palooza, playing in the playoffs, so they got a taste of it last year. They know what they need to do this year to 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 upset the grasshoppers. The thing on the grasshopper side though is you got a champion in wall. You got a champion in smallpox. You got a champion in Grizz. These guys have been there, done that before. And that's why I give them also the edge. Yeah. 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 I got uh, Grasshoppers 2 0. Um, I don't think the bats of the Chihuahuas are quite ready. Um, like Sanchez was saying, they love to walk. Um, if you're walking all year, I don't think that you're very confident at the plate. Maybe you got a good eye, but. Um, I don't think the batting averages are quite there with them. So, and then their last two games that they played in the regular season was lob ball games against the Blue Sox. Um, so oh. I, it's not like they've seen great pitching in a week. So uh, that could be an issue, not seeing good pitching for a while. You keep using this term lob ball. Uh, I like to refer to those as gentlemen's games. <laughs> you, you call it how you want, but they are lobbing them in. Yeah, we saw a couple of those uh, on the opposite field. Uh, yeah. Rocket and I played each other on Thursday to wrap up our season. And uh, once the Yankees beat us in the first game, that meant that the uh, um, the hops were locked in with uh, their Wifflepalooza team. So the the pitching went from competitive to lob real quick over there got kind of ugly so and and i want to do give out a shout out to the braves and sanchez in the sense of you know they already had the division sealed we clinched it could have gone that way but you know yeah they beat, beat us two out of three that night but you kept it competitive for us which the yankees do appreciate because that's what we like to do in a sense like i don't want to speak for all teams but us the yankees we like to see everybody's best we, we like to uh that's how we like to play. 
you know, win or lose, it just prepared us for uh, Palooza on Saturday. So Sanchez, who do you got? Uh, I have the Grasshoppers 2-0 over the Chihuahuas. I think there's just too many paths to victory for them. Uh, it's an uphill battle for the Chihuahuas all the way. The Grasshoppers, I think, can beat them in a shootout. I think the Grasshoppers can also win the pitcher's duel. Um, you know, maybe this isn't giving Airbud enough credit, but at the same time, there's been a lot of Airbud talk and not a lot of Chihuahuas talk this season. So mm-hmm. if it's just Airbud versus the Grasshoppers, like I got to pick the Grasshoppers because there's, you know, four or five guys there that can come up big at any given point versus having to rely on one guy carrying you here. And that's right. not to say that any of the other Chihuahuas can't do it and can't come up big in any situation, but I don't know, the odds are in the grasshopper's favor in my mind. So yeah. I'm picking them to win the series 2-0. All right. And I will say in this series, I do hope that that tree comes into play with like a walk-off and it was going to be caught in play. I really hope something like that happens so that it stirs even more controversy because if I'm the grasshoppers, I am not playing on that one just in case something like that does happen. I mean, now that's not their choice, though, mm-hmm. is it? It is. They they can they can move. Grasshoppers can move if they want to. See the way it's been. The way I, been I think there. it's always been your gentleman's rule to follow where the one seed goes. The front office's latest communique that came through the wire tonight was uh, telling us where we were playing as a second seed. It was not letting us know that we had an option. And it came up last year that it was never said in these no certain terms, but it came up like, you know, there's an there's an open field right next to them, so that's probably where you should play. Because otherwise, we probably would have gone down to Carnelian last year and played the okay was, so, last year, but two years ago, that's when it happened with us. So, um, I, it's yeah, it might be an unwritten rule, but the way it was strewn out tonight, it was pretty much like, yep, these are where these two teams are playing. This is where the Reds chose to play. So, baby, kids. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yep. baby, cake. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should yes. stop changing names. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, usually it's the number one seed who chooses where the destination is and then yeah. the rest of the teams follow. So Okay. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I I love Carnelian, but we are we are not making any fuss or muss about it. We're gonna go play at Sky Hill tomorrow. Gotcha. Night. All right, let's move over to Egan. Uh <clears throat> excuse me. Uh these games will be played at Sky Hill. Uh we have the number one baby cakes versus the Wiffapalooza Mets. And this game will be streamed on the YouTube on our YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, they're playing on Sky Hill Field One. Um, so anybody want to start this one off with the keys to success? I think the keys to success for the baby cakes is game one. That is the key. Seuss is going game one. You know, we know they played in the World Series last year. They had a chance to win. They lost game six. Mets won game seven. They're the defending champs. But the key to them is game one. If Seuss could just shut them down, and he's and he's done it before. And no, I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in the history of the league. So I think he can do it again. Um, but that is, I think, the key to their success because of they take that and somehow the Mets force it to a game three. You're seeing Seuss again. Um, the key to success for the Mets is they've beaten Seuss before. And if they can use that game plan, you got guys like Mippy, Taco, you know, JC, guys who have great eyes, know what the strike zone is. They've seen Seuss in the past. So that now it's like a, a chess game. So I think if... It's their bats because they got three legitimate aces in Mippy, Taco, JC, um, and they have they they have the depth for that series. You know, the Cakes have Seuss and Hove, who's done a fantastic job this year pitching for them as their number two pitcher. Um, he's had a little bit of ups and downs this year, but he's going to get better. But to me, this series depends on game one. If the Cakes can take game one, they got a shot. At the end of the day, 
they're the defending champs for a reason. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I say the Mets win two games to one. Yeah. Nice Ric Flair there. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I just want to, I'll hop in here. I want to say that this matchup is just kind of like the Wiffle God's giving us a little bit of a gift, you know, like the the rematch. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does feel a little different here because the baby cakes do look a lot different than last year. No more nightmare. No more Twizzler. Uh, (laughs) I probably should say psych there. Right. Um, but yeah, no more psych, no more nightmare. Um, hoping carry the load. So this is this is like the Dr. Seuss and Hove show um for the pitching staff. So this could really be the the coming of age in the Wiffle HRL realm for Hove if he steps up big and um pitches like he can against this team. I, I think that could go a long way. I agree. I think game one is a huge a huge hurdle for the baby cakes. Um, if they can take that, I think they take the series. So I really think it comes down to that game one. Uh, there's just, I don't know. There's so much um, playoff experience between these two teams, between the, the rosters that uh, it's kind of crazy. Uh, you might just want to flip a coin and uh, see which way you think it's going to come out. Yeah. I, I agree to both your points. Um, it's got to be the pitching over in baby cakes for them to have a chance. Um, I think the key to success for the Mets is going to be Mippy. Uh, he's coming on strong late here. I think at one point he was batting right around 250, 260, and he's gotten his average all the way up to 300 now. So if he can continue to roll that, that's another deadly bat that they have. Um, they've been relying on Taco quite a bit on the offensive category. So um, if Mippy can help out Taco a little bit more, uh, we saw that a little bit in Palooza this last weekend. So um, I think that's the key for them. But for the baby cakes, it's definitely trying to limit that. Uh, Make sure that you can win that first game because then the Mets have to double dip you and have to go through Seuss again if the Mets do win game two. Yeah, where I could see the Mets falling into trouble is that's it they're a team they're a big obp team right now they don't mind taking their walks if that's what you present them with especially in big situations obviously the baby cakes dr seuss loves the clutch walk um and he's really played that up so i i could see if either one of these teams starts trying to really work a pitcher over and grind they could find themselves behind o2 in a count real fast and that could be a lot of quick innings and before you know it we could be in a situation where you're looking at baby cakes in the bottom of the eighth and it's one one or zero zero and mm-hmm. a couple of clutch hits or a clutch walk could just end it and you know in an hour-long game that went nine innings what happened you know Right. Do we know who pitched last for the Mets? Uh, that's our last one. I have to ask this since it came out of Wifflepalooza. But do we think there's going to be any Wifflepalooza fatigue for the Mets like there might be for the Americans? Uh, potentially. Um, I can't remember who pitched. Maybe it was Mippy. I wasn't paying attention to that. I We had our own game going on. So sure. yeah. um, couldn't I, tell you. I know, I know Mippy through game one. and But also like... I'm guessing Mippy game one, Taco game two, maybe JC game three. I mean, like, I don't know what they did. I know Mippy threw game one. And after that, I mean, like I said, they could have ran it three deep. And then it could have been Taco again or Mippy going game four. Uh, got it up right here. Mippy threw yeah. last. And, and maybe okay. it doesn't matter so much for this team, given that Taco and JC are also such accomplished pitchers. Yeah. Um, right. I Taco guess that's, that's the other the thing that we got to touch on is obviously I think they're going to rely on Taco based on what happened last year. The second question is who's having the better pitching year, Mippy or JC? Who's going to talk themselves into pitching that game too? Yeah, maybe it just comes down to matchups. Um, they'll probably, yeah. knowing JC, he's probably pouring over stat sheets tonight in the midnight oil and looking at everyone's matchups to see who wants to go game two and if they decide to double up in game three or if they're each going to take one game if it goes to a three-game series right that's maybe something we talk about too like we haven't brought that up yet do is, is there an advantage to having three guys go in this or 
is it wiser to go back to back in the same night with a guy going game one and game three? Because, right. you know, you, I think, Crockett, you mentioned it. If you beat the grasshoppers in game two, but they, you know, if it goes to game three, you're going to face Nightmare again for a second yeah. time that night. Or Casey, maybe yeah. you mentioned it. It doesn't matter. But, like, you've seen them already once that night. Even if they're they're on, that's more at-bats. And I would always think the more at-bats you get against someone you know, the better the odds in your, your favor to get some hits. It doesn't mean you're going to get hits because hitting is still super hard against the best pitchers. But yeah. I don't know, what do you guys Agreed. think? Is it better Agreed. to have three or is it just better to go with the two man? I think I, that I'll depend. Oh, go ahead. I think it's better to go have three in the sense of you have that depth. You have that depth, but also it's, you know, that extra arm does come in a long way. If it goes to three, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to use all three, but it might be a game two where you could mix match both guys where the third guy could come in and close it out. Now you're getting different looks, different type of pitches. Even though you have less guys hitting, now it's totally a different speed, different angles, different pitches. You're mixing it up more that way too. So they could, the advantage could go to the Mets because they could chop it up any which way they want where, you know, future HOF right there in Palpatine, does he have it in him to, like, throw a game three? We've known all year he has pitched, but it's been sporadically. Uh, he's pitched sporadically. seven innings this year, dude. I don't, I don't see him oh, coming that's what magically. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't see okay, him magically so, coming okay. out to, to so, chuck so, some. I could see Hondi coming in for some innings over Palpatine at this point, but maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they were just saving Palpatine for game three of the first I series mean, of the playoffs. Yeah. You never know, but I know it's been a two two man game in the sense with with the baby cakes with yeah. just Seuss and Hove all year. Where, like I said, that extra arm, that third pitcher, you could mix it up any which way. And we're also forgetting, you got MVP in Psych, you got an awesome hitter in in Nightmare. They're no longer there. Yes, you added Handy for some added offense. But that's two big pieces that you had last year in the World Series that aren't with you and can't bail you out. Yeah, and I completely agree with Rocket with the three-man lineup or pitching rotation is that I think it all, it's all dependent on the team that you're on. Um, is your manager going to ride a two-man horse who he thinks is going to be able to uh, get it done? Or is he going to play the Rocco card and just have them face uh four innings worth of batters and then come in and throw a different arm to try to get them off balance now that they've seen the starting pitcher a little more. Um so I, I think that all depends on um the manager, but based on uh everything I know in the HRL, that won't happen. Uh starting pitchers in the playoffs usually go the entire time. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I yeah. It's hard to manage a game when, you know, your player manager and team of your peers. We don't have analytics teams telling us what to do or pitching coaches as well. So Right. Uh, here's a note for you, Stash, uh, for an off-season podcast that kind of fits in with this. Once upon a time, we were toying and tried to pass the rule that you had to have a three-man rotation on your team. I remember that. The entire I remember season. that. That went over like a lead balloon. Oh man, people were <laughs> upset about that. I remember. I remember with that. I still we, like was, the idea, but I'm. I think I'm still in minority on this one. I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it makes it interesting. It makes it interesting because now you have to have somewhat of a pitching rotation. You know what I mean? So, but then people have the counter thing. You know, they could counter back saying, "Well, what if one of the pitchers doesn't show that week?" Now you're back to. A two man, you know what I mean? So it's, and if one of them, or say both I of them, pitched it. before, you know, it's, it's a back and forth thing, but I do like that idea. That makes it interesting. Yeah. I think it'd be easier to pass now than it would have back when we tried to get oh, it yeah. through because team rosters have increased substantially over the years. Um, we don't have near the three man, four man teams showing up all the time. We have mostly, I would say, five or six man teams. And I'm not saying man in a sexist way. People teams, I need to do better, I guess. But uh, um, it, yeah, I, I think we could get by with that. And if only three people show that time, well, I guess what? Two of you are pitching for sure. And if 
you didn't know this coming into the previous week. I mean, it'd, it'd take a little work where like, okay, this week we face such and such team. Who's all showing up next week? How many commitments do we have next week? Because you're going to want to def- decide on your current week, not only who's going to pitch then, but who's going to pitch next week as well. So you can set it up. So I think it can be done. You know, it just takes a little bit more uh, strategery. Agreed. Yeah, that I think that might be a little tough to pass, in my opinion. Uh, I think you would need to really work out the kinks uh, before you present it, just because, like you guys were saying, with certain situations, sometimes it's unavoidable. Do you just take the automatic L, or what's the case with what what's happening? So, um, it's an Some idea. Some first look at it in the off season, right. um, because if any time you were going to promote it, you couldn't just drop it at the winter meeting for votes. You'd have to do it well before people start doing free agency because that actually that might be the biggest thing to upset the free agency cart right. would be, especially on a super team. If you're just having two guys, you plan on two guys pitching every week, you know, yeah. you'd actually have to play on three. But uh, I don't know. in the long run, it might actually save some people's arms after 19 years of pitching these stupid things. Yeah. Tell me about it. So. All right, moving on to our last matchup. Oh, you guys got to pick it. You got to pick it. We didn't pick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good yep, call. Yep. Good call. I got uh, Mets two one. Same Mets two one. Oh, I wanna, I wanna upset the app cart and go baby cakes two one so badly. Um, I really do, but I think it's Mets two one. I think the Mets win game one and three. Yeah, yep. which is a hell of a thing to say because I assume. Zach is going to pitch games one and three. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's not, I, but I, 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 damn. You know what? I, I don't think so then. I think it's going to be Mets in two. Mets I think, two. I think they get, I think they get Zach in the first game and it's going to be low scoring, real low scoring. And then I think in game two, the Mets put up like a five spot or something and, you know, it'll be like five, four. Cause it's not like the baby cakes can't score. Really? Um, so I, yeah. I and not and not that not that Seuss can't do it, but Nick and I know we've done it multiple times. Pitching twice in a day and winning twice in a day, it's not easy. Well, that's the other thing. I that's why I I also don't know if you can beat Zach twice in a day because he's really good and like you just he'd spend the entire game too. I imagine in between at bats thinking about a better way to go about it for game three. Like let's get through game two and then game three, I'm going to totally change my approach and really right. attack my different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and maybe I'm just kissing his ass too much here. I should just start being <laughs> mean again. <laughs> but me, this wasn't winning me any awards. So. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to move on uh, yeah. over on the other field, sky Hill field two. We have the Braves versus the vibes. Um, so, Sanchez, you said you want to sit out. That's perfectly fine. Rocket and I will talk about the keys to success here and then uh, what we have for the outcome um, for this series. Um, I can start this one off. Uh, I think the keys to success for the Braves is how well does Scrabble handle the pressure? He's a new guy. Um, Bro, are you looking at my notes? You keep stop looking at my notes. (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of on everybody's mind. So basically, can Scrabble handle the pressure on the mound? I think he can definitely do it at the dish. Uh, it's another thing when you are the center spotlight on the mound, making sure that you're shutting down the other team, um, which is going to be very interesting on how the Braves approach this. Do they pitch them game one and just get the nerves out right away, or do they pitch them game two and have them get a game in try to calm down a little more um, to see how he reacts. Um, I think the keys to success for the vibes is basically it's go time right now. Uh, You can't be doing these lollipop games and whatnot that it kind of seems like they've been doing recently. Uh, They got, they got to take it a little more serious than what I think they've been approached with before. Uh, So it's whether or not they're ready to play in a playoff series. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, 
I think the key to success for the Braves is Scrabble. Like, you got Sanchez been there, Chops, you know, Handy Matt has been there when he played for the Reds. So, like, these guys have a ton of playoff experience. So does Dobbs. A ton of playoff experience. Scrabble, seen it firsthand. The guy can mash. The guy can pitch. Regular season is totally different than it is come to postseason. And, Casey, you know about that. You know, the pitching just seems a little bit more sharper. You know, the pitchers are more on their A game. Um, hitting becomes difficult. You know, defense is better. So it's it's more or less, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, we know, I know Scrabble could hit. The guy's a hell of a hitter. Is on the mound. When he takes that mound, is he going to, you know, rise up or is he going to crumble? And for the vibes, it goes to that grasshopper series out in Hopkins. I compare it because you got Epstein, a champion, Huck, multiple-time champion, you know, in that sense. But I think the Braves take it in three, you know. They have Shandy, who's also a champion, and people forget that. You know, he's been there, done that. So I think on the team with Epstein, so, you know, you have former teammates, former champions playing against each other. You know, I know Huck's been there, and I love the vibes, but I think you just hit the point. They've been doing a lot of these lob games, you know, late in the game. It's not, it's, you know, yep, exactly. The hey, pipe down, game. you're not a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those type of games. And yes, it's all fun and they're having a good time. But at the end of the day, it's go time now. And sometimes it's not as easy to flip that on switch when that's what you've been doing for the last, you know, two out of the last four weeks. Because now it's, it's you know, time to be a little bit serious. And sometimes some guys can flip that switch on, some guys can't. And sometimes you try to flip it on and the light just doesn't work. Right. right. So I, I think I think I get, you know... And I know I played, I got ties to the Braves when the league first started. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I appreciate it that they played us to the bitter end when we could have had gentlemen's games, as Sanchez calls it, the last two, and they didn't. They made it hard for us, all three games. And the Braves, I think this year, they're, they're like, you know, they're not wasting no opportunities. This could be their year. Um, I take it. I, I take the Braves two games to one. Okay. Yeah, I will say uh, I played on this field yesterday, Sky Hill Field too. So if the wind is blowing in, good luck with any offense. It is not fun. Uh, grass was long, wind was blowing in. So uh, if the wind is blowing in, I think that favors the vibes, youthness with being able to get around the bases and get base hits and whatnot. Uh, but Oh, man, this one's tough for me just because I don't know what the Braves are going to do. I don't know if they're going to be throwing Scrabble game one or if they're going to be throwing Handsome Matt game one. Because um, I think, like I said beforehand, if Scrabble's the key to success here, if he's on, I think they they win. Um, so if he pitches game one and game three, I think they win it. Um, two to one, but if he doesn't, I think they lose two to one. Um, yeah, and and I also take it take think about it too in this way, you know, Huck has been having some you know shoulder issues. You know, we've talked right. about it during the you know, is you know I know who he'll pitch, he'll fight through it, but that plays a factor because I've seen Huck pitch when he's healthy, guys lights out, right? Little inch, he's hurt a little. He's you know a bit hurt. His pitches aren't breaking the same way. Like, he's, he struggled a little bit this year. I mean, he's still a hawk. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a Braves team, and we all know they could all mash up and down that lineup. So, I mean, and you can't make a mistake to them. Add none of them, because they will make you pay. Exactly. And, and, and the other question is, if Huck can't go, who's their number two? Who are they going to throw? Are they going to throw the Wish? Are they going to throw Fishhook? Um, Fishhook doesn't have... I don't think any postseason pitching experience, and I know the Wish has a few years, but I don't think he's gotten a win yet as a pitcher in the in his career. So, um, oh no, he did. Oh no, that was Palooza. Never mind. That was Palooza. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, so, um, I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Yeah, I, I'm going to give the edge to the Braves. I don't think the vibes are prepared for if Huck can't pitch. Um, if Huck can't pitch, I think they're going to be all out of whack. Um, so I'm I'm going to give the edge to the Braves here. Yeah, and like I said, not that I don't think the vibes can't do it. It could, like I said, I picked the Braves two games to one. It could go like you said the other way. It could go vibes two games to one. Right. But I know Huck Huck's hurting a little bit, and it might be Epstein all the time all day on Monday because he might have to go games one and three. Right. You know what I mean? So, and we know Epstein is lights out, but at the end of the day is Huck is the key to that. You know, if he's feeling good, vibes have a shot. But, no, you know, we know, and just basing it off that, that, that's the reason why I give the Braves the edge. Yeah, yeah. And so that wraps up all of our series. Uh, they should all be pretty good. Uh, in terms of competitiveness, um, I'm going to be over in Egan, so I think those two matchups are going to be electric. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing those series out there uh, tomorrow or tonight, if you're listening uh, to it on Monday. Uh, you're but, uh, bringing me some beer, right? Uh, actually, <laughs> I gave that to Fishhook, so yes. Oh. Um, I wasn't sure <laughs> where I was going to be landing, so I made sure, sure that uh, some some way or another that it was going to get to you. So, yes, you, your beer is on the way. It might be warm, so I don't care. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Um, um, I don't think you can go wrong if you were going to go out and watch in person either place. I mean, I gave Central a hard time earlier, but like, those are going to be some hell of a games right. uh, going on as well. Um, plus, you might get to see some really cool upsets over in Central. Um, I don't know over in Egan if you can call one way or the other for any of the two games an upset if one beats the other. I think they're very evenly matched between the four teams. Like, I almost think you could jumble the four teams and do a round robin, and these are some, all four are, are pretty evenly matched, and maybe I'm just giving myself too much credit there. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's some, some good games in Egan too. Completely agree. I agree. That. I agree because too like like wherever you go, when you go to Central Sky Hill, the matchups are insane. I just find the matchups in Egan more compelling in the sense of you got rematch of the World Series last year already in round one, so that's already gonna make it interesting. And then you got you know the old vets versus the up and coming team and the vibes coming up. So it's got you know got the old dogs against the young cats. So it's like this is we're, a, gonna, uh... we're gonna see what's up. This is a rematch of 2020 playoffs as well between the Braves and the Vibes. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Vibes are teams looking a little look here. I was going to say both teams kind of looking a little different. And the Braves not as much, is it? Because I think you just take Sheryls away from our 2020 squad and add Scrabble. But, uh, was, uh, yeah, they got was handsome. Wish was handsome at the games that day. Yes, okay. yes, he was. Yep. Because he had he had played nine games for us that year. Um, just <laughs> twenty twenty was a shit year for yep. so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, but we still got a season in, which was awesome. Hats off yeah. to the front office for making that happen. Yet to this day, that was great. Even if it was just like twenty seven games, I think we all needed it. But yeah, this is a diff- little little different look for these two teams. But uh, yeah, let's not call the vibes just the upstart newbie team because they've been around for. Three years now making this happen. So, all right, exactly. All right, so at the end here, uh, what's everybody drinking? I have a feeling I'm the only one drinking. <laughs> um, unlike on Thursday with our boy Nightmare, who really was enjoying that whiskey, I have been sipping a nice Sauvignon Blanc wine uh, throughout the podcast. Um, Yes, it's been a long weekend, folks, and I like to unwind on a Sunday night with some <laughs> wine. Um, for those who don't know, my child turns seven on Tuesday, and my wife's birthday is also tomorrow. So this weekend is a very busy birthday, family time, school's starting right around the corner. 
no, you can't go to the state fair because it's a lot of stuff going on time for me. So uh, Sauvignon Blanc, which is a chillable white wine for those not in the know. Rocket. Gotta go with the Pepsi. Drinking a Pepsi right now. (laughs) Is that like a, a, did Jeter sponsor Pepsi or something? Is that why you drink it? Like, why why would you choose Pepsi? (laughs) I don't know. I it was either that or Nest or Nestle Quick, one of the two. So I would have loved it. It would have loved you to come out and say like, "Oh, I'm enjoying a YooHoo on the rocks." If I could find a YooHoo, I'm buying. I'll be drinking that <laughs> next time I'm on the podcast. I'll go out and when, find one just for it. So when we do the when we do the O four OG Roundtable podcast, I will make sure to get you a case of YooHoo. You can. Oh, I'm can down for that. <laughs> I'm down for that. And I am. I am drinking water, um, yeah. but I will say uh, I was at the fair earlier today and I did have a pistachio cream ale and you go. You I, love st- I still love that beer. It's so good. So good. Well, I, I had some Uda pills earlier today because um, we had some variety packs in the cooler. So I, uh, what was it? Uda pills, decision fatigue. One of their pale ales was pretty good too. So, but I do like that pistachio cream ale. That's a good one. Are you yeah. feeling better these days? I am. Better? Yes, yes. I still got a little bit of a cough. Um, that that thing must have really just attacked my lungs. I don't know what what's happening, but I I do feel good. Yes, I I feel one hundred percent basically. So yeah, I'm doing good. Um, hey Nick, what were you drinking? What were you drinking on Thursday night that I asked you? I couldn't. I can't remember what it was. Uh, at what point? I we had. Cooler full of different beers. What was it? Oh, you were asking me about the pills. It was that's what it was. Yeah, pills by shells. It's their Keller okay. pills, and so it's just a nice crisp pilsner, nothing too fancy. I'm a big shells fan. For folks out there, not in the brewery, no. It's uh, down in New Ulm. It's the second oldest, um, second oldest family run brewery in the nation right behind yingling out in pennsylvania so they've been around since pre-prohibition they obviously took prohibition off but uh they came back and they still do it today it's just a short two-hour drive away from the cities too nice maybe we can do wiffle down there sometime <laughs> all right anybody got any uh shout outs for this one I know I gave my uh, shout-outs earlier for the teams from Palooza, but I want to give my shout-outs for the teams in the playoffs. I just want to say to all the teams out there, play hard, play safe, and good luck. Uh, my shout-out this week goes to my wife. Uh, she puts up with a lot of my BS and uh, lets me do things like the podcast and play with football. And um, I don't know. I feel like this week was especially hard on us. But uh, she was a trooper, and she's awesome. So shout out to Robin. Oh, and she was super excited when I told you, told her that uh, Rocket was our our guest this week. <laughs> big big Rocket fan from back in the day when we played together. Nice, nice. Yeah, and my shout out isn't directed towards anybody. It's more of a shout out <laughs> to go out to the rinks to go watch these playoff games get the atmosphere a little better. I know that we're streaming the Baby Cakes Mets games, but go out there, give those guys a little bit better of an atmosphere. Um, Because I know when I was at Palooza, even though that we were still in the final six teams, um, at the end of the day, we still had a good crowd around. And that's fun when you have the rink filled. People are watching. They aren't playing. They're just enjoying and supporting the league. So get out there. I, I will say this. I do notice when, you know, when I played in the playoffs, I don't know how you guys feel, but like just a crowd there watching, you know, all eyes on you. Like you just, it feels like you up your game a little bit more. Like everything is just, you feel like every you're more alert. Everything feels good. You have that sense of, I can't let this crowd down. So you can you just give it your all. Yeah. So it's like, I notice when, when there's a crowd there, especially in playoff time, like, I know it just gives me it heightens my game a little bit more. Exactly, I I feel the exact same way. It, 
with Palooza, there's a lot more people around, and I was I was ready for it. But with that, we're gonna close this one off. So here's to uh, good wiffle ball, hopefully good weather, cold beer, and good friendships. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Pump up the jam, pump it up while your feet are stumping. And the jam is pumping, look ahead, the crowd is jumping. Pump it up a little more, get the party going on the dance floor. See, cause that's where the party's at and you find out if you do that. Where the party's at and you find out if you